informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us on a very busy Friday as we wrap up not only the week, but the month of May. So much going on. We have an E15 announcement. We have uh, the president, of course, uh, announcing more tariffs on Mexico. We have the ongoing weather situation and questions uh, concerning uh, the government's market facilitation program payments. Will it it be changed to include prevent plant acres? There's at least that possibility. Secretary Purdue has opened that door as uh, many have called for that to uh, happen. So there's lots to talk about. A little bit later, we are hoping to hear from uh, the chairman of the House Agriculture Committee, Colin Peterson, scheduled to be with us to discuss a number of issues. He has some uh, concerns and criticisms of some things going on at USDA, so we'll get his thoughts on that. And, of course, uh, lots going on with trade to discuss as well. What will the impact of this latest announcement concerning tariffs on all goods coming from Mexico into the United States starting June 10th, what impact will that have on USMCA uh, we'll talk about that as well. Well, let's talk about it right now with Todd Neely with DTN. Todd, thanks for joining us. What a, a busy way to wrap up the week. Let's start, though, with the E15 announcement. We've been waiting and watching and wondering if they could get it done by June 1st, and it looks like they have. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. Uh, well, thanks for having me. Um, you know, it was interesting. Uh, you know, there was some thought going into this that, uh, the possibility of getting this rule across the line, uh, across the finish line, was pretty, pretty small, um, and a lot of that had to do with the REN reform side of, of the of the of the measure. Uh, what we saw today was the EPA dialed back on those potential REN reforms. Uh, they they basically announced two of the reforms uh, that they're going forward with, and a lot of it has to do with public disclosure of uh, of certain REN holdings in the market and. Uh, also, some record-keeping uh, requirements that allow EPA to kind of look at the market a little bit. And but we, what we did learn today is that EPA is definitely looking at the other possible reforms. There were a number of other things that they were considering. Uh, they just, I think, at this point, thought that uh, trying to get that all out and plus get that E15 rule across the finish line in time would be pretty tough with the way things were. And you know, if you remember right, a lot of ethanol groups were pushing. Uh, for EPA to separate the two proposals into separate rules because of this very issue. And it looks like, uh, at this point, EPA is kind of thread of the needle here. Well, there's supposed to be a big announcement in Iowa today, so we'll see if there's any more, if there are any more details come out on it. What are you hearing, or are you hearing anything yet about any kind of a, a legal challenge to the E15 rule? Uh, I think that's going to come fairly soon, Mike, but at this point, um, I think uh, API and a lot of these other uh, oil interest groups are, are looking at it. Um, they've already said they're going to file a lawsuit. I think it's just a matter of when. Um, it would not surprise me if that's done either today or by the first of the next uh, next week. Um, I think they've probably been ready for a while uh, to challenge this legally, You know, perhaps for years leading up to this. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think, you know, the EPA is pretty firm in what it's doing. It really did its homework on the C-15 side of it. Um, and I'm not a lawyer, but it seems that they've really, uh, they've really kind of dotted the I's and crossed the T's on, on all the legal aspects of it. All right. So we'll see what happens. Uh, they were able to get the rule out, uh, 
by June 1st, as they said they would. So we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, lots more going on. Just when it looked like uh, we were starting to start to build a little momentum on passing USMCA, now the president announces tariffs on Mexico, right. all goods coming in from Mexico. Now, the administration, the White House saying this won't impact USMCA, this is separate from USMCA, but it's hard to imagine it won't have some impact on it. Absolutely. I, you know, and I think, Mike, this couldn't have probably come at a worse time. I mean, like you said, we were at a point here, uh, it seemed like all parties involved were, were moving on getting this agreement uh, finalized and getting it you know, getting it going. I mean, we were even hearing some rumblings about it in Congress, you know, apparently moving forward. And, uh, yeah, it really the timing of it, I, I agree. I think it's, you know, you put a 5% tariff on all goods coming from Mexico. Um, I don't know how you separate that issue from the USMCA at this point. Um, you know, I think on the agriculture side, we'd like to see that uh, see that be the case, that it doesn't affect uh, the ag side of things. But, yeah, it. Um, I think this definitely throws a wrench in, in, in the negotiations and getting this thing across the line. And um, I suspect that, you know, this, you know, maybe this will be um, maybe a turning point in this whole uh, in this whole immigrant and crossing the border issue at this point. Yeah, these things don't happen in a vacuum. So one thing does certainly yeah. affect another. So we'll see how this plays out. So something else to be watching. Now, meanwhile, also right. this week, uh, we had a big a ruling in a Texas court uh, that uh, on yeah. Lotus, which really uh, was a step forward in, in getting rid of the 2015 rule and moving to a new rule. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the Southern District of Texas issued a rule that, or I'm sorry, issued, issued a, a ruling uh, that the EPA had violated the Administrative, Administrative Procedure Act uh, and the notice and public comment part of the rule. You know, if you remember back on that, um, EPA had made some substantial changes from the proposed rule to the final rule in 2015, uh, you know, adding some distances when it comes to adjacency to, to waters of the U.S., and it was a substantial change from what they had proposed. Um, a lot of ad groups at the time cried foul and said, you can't do this. Uh, you know, and we've had courts, uh, this brought before courts before, uh, but the Texas court yesterday was the first that basically issued a ruling that essentially kills the 2015 rule. Um, EPA is already uh, working toward repealing that rule as it is, and now with this court action, I think that solidifies it. Um, you know, we're still looking at a new rule probably by the end of this year as well, and so this really does kind of put the nail in the coffin on, on the 2015 rule. And one more item. Uh, now we hear that USDA is considering or at least looking at the possibility of prevent plant acres being uh, uh, part of the market facilitation uh program payments they announced earlier. Uh, there's been a lot of call for that, a lot of push for that. It'll be interesting to see if they follow through or not. Yeah, you know, I think, Mike, at this point, it, it's it's very much a necessity. As you know, we're, we're historically low planning progress, um, and it just seems like the rain never stops. Um, you know, we have parts of the country where, where it's made, you know, fairly good progress, still way behind, but uh, you know, when that when that uh, when that uh, decision came out recent weeks here, I think people were hopeful that uh, you know it would help fill the gap on some of those acres that weren't planted because of all the all the rain we're seeing. And uh, I really do think that this is something USDA needs to do at this point. Um, you know, we've seen so many hits in agriculture, and I think uh, 
you know, with this rain continuing in many places, I mean, I, I don't see any other way for, for USDA at this point. So we wait and see what they decide on that. And it brings in a question, like, like many have, why did they announce it so soon? Why did yeah. they just wait a little bit longer? Uh, but uh, they did what they did, and now we'll see what uh, changes right. they may make. Todd, thanks a lot. Good to talk with you. Yeah. All right. You too, Mike. Thank you. DTN reporter Todd Neely. Stay with us. Coming up next, we're going to talk with the Vice President of Federal Affairs for the National Biodiesel Board, Kurt Kavarik. Where do we stand with tax extenders? Will anything get done on the biodiesel tax credit? We'll talk about that and more next here on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Hi, I'm Greg Peterson of the Peterson Farm Brothers. If you've seen our videos, you know we're proud to be farmers. Farming can be dangerous. Never assume location or depth of underground utilities or pipelines. Before you start any work on your farm, call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com to have underground lines located. It only takes a minute and can save your life. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. Want to reduce your risk of heart disease, diabetes, and stroke? Simple. Eat right. This is registered dietitian nutritionist Melissa Dobbins. A healthy diet can mean a healthier you. So eat a variety of proteins each week. Seafood, lean meat, poultry, beans, and nuts. Fill half your plate with fruits and vegetables at every meal. Choose foods that are lower in calories, fat, and sodium. Limit your alcohol and maintain a healthy weight. Let a registered dietitian nutritionist help you achieve your goals. Find one near you at eatright.org. Recently on Adams on Agriculture. So we just talked with Nick Giordano with the National Pork Producers Council. Obviously, they are ecstatic that the uh, metal tariffs on Canada and Mexico have been lifted. We can talk about that as well with Colin Woodall for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Colin, this was looked at as a, a must-have to get USMCA moving forward, and I know you at NCBA are happy to have uh, those tariffs lifted. We're extremely happy to see these tariffs lifted now, we're in a little bit different shape from our friends in the pork industry because they were really getting hammered with the tariffs. But we were also, though, however, really pushing to try to get these tariffs taken down because we knew if we wanted to have a chance of getting a vote on USMCA, the tariffs were going to have to be a part of this deal. So the fact that this is done uh, earlier is, I think, going to be overall very beneficial to uh, the process of getting a vote and finally passing USMCA and putting this chapter behind us. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. 
You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, so lots going on. The president announcing new tariffs on Mexico. We wait to see what, if any, impact that has on getting USMCA passed. And, of course, the big news for uh, ethanol, E15 sales approved for year-round sales starting tomorrow. And they got the rule out. There's going to be a big announcement uh, in Iowa today. We'll wait and see about any legal challenges to that, but uh, that's been long awaited to see if the EPA would get it done in time, and indeed they have, and we'll be talking more about that uh, throughout the summer. While on the subject of biofuels, let's uh, look at the biodiesel side of things. Joining us now is the Vice President of Federal Affairs for the National Biodiesel Board, Kurt Kavarik. Kurt, I know that... uh, uh, you're happy for the ethanol folks. They got uh, some good news with the E15 announcement. On the biodiesel side, you're looking for some good news when it comes to the biodiesel tax credit. Uh, where are we at on that? Good morning, Mike. Glad to be with you. Uh, we are pleased that the president followed through on his commitment to provide higher blends of ethanol. Uh, it's, it's a strong move that the president committed to do, um, and we're pleased to see it uh, through just because it, it helps the biofuels industry and ag- agriculture economy uh, generally, so we're very supportive. As, as far as the tax credit for biodiesel is concerned, uh, we're still working through the process with the with the Congress that is slower to act than we would like, uh, given the fact that our tax credit has been expired now, uh, going back to January 1st of 2018. So it's the longest the tax credit has ever lapsed. And if you look at all of the, the headwinds in the agriculture economy, particularly for soybean farmers, whether it be uh, with weather, uh, natural disasters, uh, tariffs on, on export markets, our, our message to uh, the lawmakers on Capitol Hill is this, this is a tax credit that does everything that you've asked it, uh, us to do as an industry when it's in place, and that is provide value-added agriculture to America's soybean farmers, produce a clean renewable fuel that uh, increases our energy independence and uh, helps our environment. So those are all things that this Congress has, has expressed an interest in doing. So we're, we're trying to get that message across. We're, we're pleased that uh, we have a standalone bill in the House of Representatives introduced by Representative uh, Finkenauer from Iowa. Currently has 50 bipartisan co-sponsors from California to Connecticut, uh, Washington State to Florida. So we it's, it's, a, it's an issue that's got support on both the House and the Senate, Republicans and Democrats. It's just a matter of uh, working through the process and getting uh, the necessary bodies to to do the heavy lifting and get the bill across the finish line. Getting anything through Congress right now is tough, as we're seeing with the disaster aid package. Uh, Do you have any kind of a timetable that's been given, the chances when this could get done? No. uh, Senator Grassley, chairman of the Finance Committee in in the Senate, uh, introduced a bill in February and urged his House colleagues to act quickly, that this is a issue that could be done easily and quickly. Uh, the, unfortunately, the process in the House Ways and Means Committee, the Committee of Jurisdiction, has been a little bit slower, primarily because they're uh, a new majority, Democratic majority, uh, since the beginning of the year. That coupled with about 10 new members. Uh, so there's an education process that goes on. They've had a lot of meetings on extenders. They've held at least one hearing. 
Uh, we've, we've done a lot of work to educate those new members. So we're hopeful that uh, in this work period coming up in June, the committee takes some tangible action toward uh, moving extenders forward. We hope that they'll, the chairman will introduce uh, a tax package that would include an extension for the biodiesel tax credit. Uh, they do have a, a day where they'll hear from members off the committee next Tuesday, so we're working to get our off-committee uh, champions and advocates to that hearing to express their support. So we're hopeful that there will be some uh, movement towards uh, extending the biodiesel tax credit in June. When you look at the disruption in trade, especially for soybeans right now, uh, boy, every market is even more important than ever. So that uh, that puts even more uh, emphasis on the need to get this done. That's right. When you can when you consider the fact that uh, biodiesel using the, the the surplus soybean oil contributes about sixty three cents per bushel to the value of the bushel of soybeans, uh, this this is a huge value add for. Uh, rural economies and soybean farmers that doesn't require, you know, a bailout from from USDA. This is something that could uh, add an additional market or provide certainty to that market that adds value uh, through an action that has been on the books for more than 10 years. Just because of the lapse, uh, it's not there. We don't have the certainty. It's undermining our markets. It's undermining our producers. And as that happens, they, they purchase less feedstock. And as they purchase less feedstock, that's uh, soybean oil that, that goes unused or unneeded and lowers the value of that commodity then to the farmer. So in our view, it's a, it's a no-brainer. I mean, if you're, if you're looking to try to help the folks who are harmed the most right now from uh, uncertainty in, in trade negotiations and uh, challenges in, in weather, uh, biodiesel tax credit is, is, a, is a perfect solution to a lot of those problems. We're talking with Kurt Kavarik. He's Vice President, Federal Affairs for the National Biodiesel Board. Kurt, um, as we've been talking about as far as EPA's proposal for RVO levels for next year, um, are you hearing anything on that that was, uh, you know, the interagency review? Uh, has it moved any further past that? Uh, we expect uh, the, the interagency review to take place uh, for about 30 days. They, the, the proposal was transmitted to them from EPA on May 6th, so we're expecting a proposed rule out uh, any time uh, in June. Unfortunately, what we're hearing is that the proposal intends to hold most volume steady from last year. So they proposed 2.43 in last year's rule, 2.43 billion for our, our industry. Uh, that, that essentially would be uh, stagnant. And unfortunately, with the granting of small refinery exemptions to, you know, small refiners who've, who have applied for these hardship waivers, those exempted gallons means that we're actually moving backward. So we're conveying that message to the EPA and the White House and our, our champions on the Hill that, you know, holding the volume steady isn't good enough. It, it, quite frankly, it, it would be disappointing even if they weren't granting small refinery exemptions because our industry has proven that we, we're capable of producing uh, well over what EPA is proposing, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you when you view the when you recognize that the the, the purpose of the renewable fuel standard was to drive the market and to have EPA consistently setting volumes below what we're producing and then undermining their own volume requirements by granting small refiner exemptions is entirely contrary to uh, President Trump's commitment to support the renewable fuel standard and grow biofuels use. So while today's action on, on E15 is great for ethanol, 
our industry and the biodiesel producers look to EPA to provide more certainty, whether it's in higher volumes and then obviously addressing the loss volumes uh, due to small refinery exemptions. You know, with all the talk about uh, the market facilitation payments and, and trying to help farmers because of loss of, of trade, loss of exports due to the, the trade wars that are going on, uh, there are also there are these ways of helping domestically, and these are ways right here with the RVO levels, with the biodiesel tax credit, with the E15 announcement today. There are some, these things that can be done to help. That's absolutely right, and all all we need to to help is policy certainty. And so, to that extent, it's frustrating that that Congress is slow to act. It's frustrating that um, an administration that is is champion championing domestic industry. Uh, isn't sending the, the appropriate signals that they want additional growth, that they value our, our role in the, in the fuel market and our, our role in adding value to uh, commodities produced in, our, in the American heartland. What are you hearing, Kurt? Uh, the flooding, uh, the, the weather problems throughout the Midwest, uh, what impact is that having on biodiesel plants? As of right now, I'm not hearing uh, any significant uh, impact on biodiesel plants. There may be some uh, rail disruptions in service to our facilities, uh, but right now I, I'm not hearing a, a great deal of, of uh, impact uh, at all in our industry. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll hear soon on some good news on the biodiesel tax credit on the tax extenders package. Thanks for the update, Kurt. Glad to be with you, Mike. All right. Kurt Kavarik, Vice President, Federal Affairs for the National Biodiesel Board. So lots going on here at the end of the week. Uh, we hope uh, in our next segment to hear from the chairman of the House Agriculture Committee, Colin Peterson, get his thoughts on, on some of these issues. And uh, he has some concerns about the way USDA is handling some issues like uh, CRP as well as market facilitation payments. So we'll be uh, getting his thoughts on that. Again, President Trump saying that he'll impose a 5% tariff on all goods from Mexico starting June 10th. Uh, because of the illegal immigration issue, the tariff will increase to 10% on July 1st, then rise 5% every month until it hits 25% on October 1st. He added the tariffs would be removed once the problem is remedied. So we'll be keeping a close watch on that. Stay with us. More coming up here on AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Your local FS is member-owned, and that means when you buy our flagship brands like FS Envision and FS High Soy, you're actually buying seed from yourself. And you wouldn't sell yourself anything but the best, would you? In field after field, FS brands are out-yielding the competition. Talk to your local FS crop specialist about Envision corn or high soy soybean seed today. At harvest, you'll be glad you did. Envision and high soy are available exclusively at your local FS member company. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. 
from the American Ag Network. Time for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. An easier tone in early activity for the grain and oil seed sector. Crop prices being hit by President Trump's Mexican tariff threat. Crops among the worst performing commodities as prices drop in response to the president's plan to hit Mexico with tariffs. Mexico is the second largest importer of U.S. agricultural products. Meanwhile, Vice President Mike Pence saying on Thursday that the U.S.-Canada relationship has never been stronger. Pence was in the Canadian capital yesterday hoping to build momentum to pass a new trade deal with Canada and Mexico. The administration making energetic efforts to get its new trade deal passed this summer, according to the vice president. An hour into the trading day on Friday, corn futures trending three to four cents lower. July down three and three quarters at four thirty-two and a half. December down three and a quarter at four forty-eight and three quarters. July soybeans down just a half cent at eight eighty-eight and a half. November at nine fifteen. That is steady. Chicago wheat, July down eight and a quarter at five oh six and a quarter. Kansas City wheat three to four cents lower. Minneapolis spring wheat, July down three and three quarters at five fifty nine and three quarters of a cent. Livestock at the Merck in live cattle futures, we are fifteen to forty cents lower. June down fifteen at one oh nine ninety five. We've seen cash cattle sales this week at one fifteen on a live basis in the South. Generally steady with a week ago. August feeder cattle down a dollar fifteen at one thirty seven oh seven. July lean hogs twenty cents higher at eighty eight oh two. The Dow down two hundred seventy one points. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. We paid less for our Craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago. If you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and free information on today's Craftmatic adjustable beds. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Rated number one by consumers nationwide on ConsumerAffairs.com. Craftmatic beds come in all mattress types, including cool gel memory foam for up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Enjoy temporary relief of low back pain, poor circulation, nighttime heartburn, mild arthritis. You'll sleep better in a Craftmatic adjustable bed. So if you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and information, and then decide when you see how little they cost. Discover Craftmatic for less, up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Call 1-800-318-7903. That's 1-800-318-7903. 1-800-318-7903. Call now. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Very happy to be joined by the chairman of the House Agriculture Committee, Colin Peterson from Minnesota. Mr. Chairman, thanks for being with us. How are you doing this morning? Good. So much to talk about. I almost don't know where to start, but I guess we'll start with the <laughs> the latest announcement by the you know, president, the new tariffs on Mexico. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? You know, Winston Churchill used to say, he said, it's just one damn thing after another. <laughs> and that's about what I have to say. Yeah. I don't get it. I mean, it's, 
you know, on one hand, they were making this big push to get to Mexico or Canada going up to And I don't see, uh, with these tariffs being put in place, how that's going to happen. That's, that's my first mm-hmm. reaction. I mean, I, I just, I just think that's going to tank the, uh, the agreement. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I might be wrong, but, you know, it's going to have an uphill battle in the house anyway. And look at these tariffs on I just, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the White House is trying to say these won't impact USMCA. It's hard to imagine how it doesn't. These things don't happen in a vacuum. Uh, what do you see as congressional reaction? Were we were we headed towards, you think, passage of USMCA before this, or was it shaky before this? Well, I don't know if it was shaky, but, I mean, there were still some hurdles. But I, I got the sense that we were moving in the right direction, and that, as I told people yesterday in Marshall, you know, I, I thought we were, you know, on the path to get this thing done this fall. Um, you know, but one of the things that was a condition that I thought, and Chuck Grassley thought, and others, that the uh, tariffs have to be had to be listed on the field, <clears throat> which they did. Um, you know, and that uh, I think helped the situation. Uh, we have some Democrats who still have some concerns about the labor issues, uh, some concerns about the environmental issues. Um, I understand that there was a group of members from the Ways and Means Committee that were scheduled to go to Mexico next week to talk to the Mexican officials about the labor situation down there and and uh, what you know is in place and so forth. Uh, whether that'll happen now with uh, this, you know, uh, I don't know. But um, you know, so I, th- I think we we're heading in the right direction, and I was somewhat optimistic we'd get this thing done in the fall. As I told people yesterday, um, you know, the NAFTA is in a place. And so this agreement, at least for agriculture, is, you know, as good as NAFTA, maybe a little bit better. But, I mean, it, uh, it's not, you know, uh, earth-shaking. Uh, so as long as NAFTA is in place, you know, we're not really losing anything if we wait, you know, another couple months. But I just think this, I don't know, I mean, I may be misreading this, but I think this is going to really we're talking with the chairman of the house agriculture committee colin peterson uh let's talk about uh, another key issue now the market faci- facilitation program payments i know you <laughs> raised questions about the timing of the announcement of them uh, as many others have and now the issue is coming up, should prevent plant acres, which are going to be many, should they be part of this program? And now Secretary Purdue is, says he's thinking about it. What are your thoughts on that? Should prevent plant be part of the uh, the package? Well, well, I've been talking to the uh, department. I've been talking to Purdue and Sensky and Murphy, uh about this and my concerns that, that the track they were on, in my opinion, was actually going to affect planting a lot more than um, you know, or what they could say to done a program like last year because of this uh, preventive planning situation and, and uh, you know, the, the weather in the south part of my district, I was down there yesterday, that oh, some of those guys are not going to just drop in at all. I don't think. And so the way they've got this thing was heading, they were saying that it had to be planted acres, and I it was pretty firm. And I talked to Dorothy on uh, Wednesday afternoon, that was the one thing that he was pretty firm about, that they were going to 
do this on planted acres, and, and one of the reasons he cited was that the CCC, uh, the authorities within the CCC, uh, thought he said that their lawyers uh, thought that um, that they had to be tied to planted acres in order for them to be able to take the money out of the CCC. Now, having said all of that, given the situation that we're in and the, the dilemma farmers are in, uh, even though it doesn't make any sense in terms of uh, paying people for trade damage, probably if they're going to use this new scheme they've got, they're probably best off to, to not penalize people for not planting and and uh, use some other formula, even though it doesn't make any sense. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I so I took the farmers yesterday. The one thing I was almost sure about was going to be planted acres, and then this morning I found out I was wrong. So I think the message to farmers is I, I don't think the department knows at this point exactly what they're going to do on either the market facilitation payments or on the disaster, because there is some attitude there as well. Uh, there was a provision, provision put in that says that they could plus up the preventive planning in the disaster deal up to 90% if you had crop insurance, and they could pay up to 70% if you didn't. Uh, that caused groans in the crowd. I had 300 people there when I said that people that didn't have crop insurance were potentially going to get paid for preventive planning. I mean, people just rolled their eyes. So, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's, um, you know, it's, 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 farmers don't know what to do. And uh, what I'm concerned about is the way this thing is heading is you're going to have people uh, not plant corn and they're going to plant soybeans. Uh, and we don't need soybeans. And it's, the whole thing is just going to be backwards from where we need to be. Now, you met, uh, let's talk about disaster aid, a separate issue. The disaster aid package, which we thought was about to be passed, uh, now has been held up. Can you give us an update on where that stands? Well, it's Monday night. There's going to be uh, it's going to be brought up under uh, the suspension calendar. Uh, so it takes two-thirds vote in order to pass it. Uh, our caucus has been focused on getting this thing uh, to the president's desk as fast as we can because. Uh, for people in Georgia, uh, Florida, Alabama, that area that got hit by these hurricanes, and so on, uh, this this is already going to be too late. And so very frustrating. Uh, Sanford Bishop, who represents that area, is the chairman of the Appropriations Committee for that part of the budget. Uh, he's been doing everything he can to get this thing through. He actually came back to D.C. on Tuesday to do the unanimous consent request. And then, uh, or Monday, whatever day it was, and, uh, this uh, Roy got up and objected. And then uh, we had uh, Massey get up and object uh, the next. And then we had this Rose from Tennessee get up and object. So uh, they are objecting to it. Uh, apparently it's because of, well, I can tell, it's because they didn't get what they wanted on immigration, on the border wall, and so forth. And uh, that's apparently the reason that uh, Trump is putting these tariffs on. So it looks like this thing is getting tangled up uh, in immigration. But, you know, I think there's going to be the votes to get two-thirds votes. The Democrats are going to vote for this. Uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, made a decision after talking to us that uh, this is probably the best we're going to get. And uh, she came on board to uh, bring this thing up. i got to give her credit for that. Uh, you know, the Democrats could have said, well, we're going to 
rather have this or that, uh, which is true, but we need to get this done. So she's behind it. I think Democrats are behind it, uh, you know, but we can't do it by ourselves. We need, uh, I don't know, 50, 60 Republicans uh, that are going to join us in order to get this vote. So hopefully we will pass the Senate by, I think there's only four no votes in the Senate, but they don't have a Freedom Caucus, so... Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. <laughs> one one more issue. You have uh, you have you have issues with USDA's handling of CRP, especially uh, pushing more to the continuous sign up. You think that's going to impact the CRP sign up? Uh, t- give us an update of where you stand with that and your concerns here. Well, uh, I talked to Bill Murphy on um, Wednesday about that, and after um, the blow up, uh, it was you know I kind of lost it. I probably before, but I, I felt blindsided, and uh, so they have. Uh, they're, they're gonna, first of all, the problem is they're using the old rules for the continuous, and they're delaying the uh, general sign-up because they claim they have to have new rules before they can do it. And I don't believe that you can do that. I, that they can just choose to use new rules on one and old rules on another. Uh, I think that's you know, I, I think we could potentially sue them and, you know, and uh, look up the works. Well, so after talking to Northey, they're going to limit the continuous to 90%. They're going to uh, apparently limit you know, any cost share to 50% of the cost of seating. And, uh, so that's significantly different than what it's been. They're not going to do any safe acres and any of these other programs where the state's directed. Uh, so there, it's going to be a scaled-back situation, and it's largely going to follow the rules that, that I put in place in the farm bill. So I'm still analyzing it, uh, but it looks like I might, you know, uh, be willing to let this go ahead, uh, even though I think they are uh, flouting the law. But, um, you know, the, the thing I'm concerned about, we got farmers in trouble. Uh we got people that are looking to get into CRP to save their farm, uh, like we did in the 80s. Now, if the only thing available is continuous, they're going to go into that program. Right. Uh, and it's going to be limited. We're going to have these big tracks and so forth, which I think we need. So, Mr. Chairman, we're out of time, but th- okay. thank you very much. Thanks for the All update. Right. Thank you. Yep. Colin Peterson, Chairman of the House Ag Committee. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? Because I'm Howard Dvorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over 5 million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, don't wait. Simply pick up the phone and find out what our Freedom Quest program can do for you. Reducing your payments by up to 50% is just the beginning, but you have to take the first step. When credit card debt is the problem, we're the solution. Call Consolidated Credit now. As soon as you call, 
the hard part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now. 1-800-489-7204. 1-800-489-7204. That's 1-800-489-7204. 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed debt management service provider. Vermont and New York Banking Departments. Maryland 49, Oregon DMA 0031. All right, crew. Let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811 brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Do you know how to keep food safe at home? Clean, separate, cook, and chill. The easy lessons of clean, separate, cook, and chill will help you protect your family and be food safe. Let's talk about how to really cook. First, you can't tell it's done by how it looks. Use a food thermometer. Then, always stir, rotate the dish, and cover food when microwaving to prevent cold spots where bacteria can survive. Fast cooking should still be safe cooking. And bring sauces, soups, and gravies to a rolling boil when reheating. Even for the most experienced cooks, the improper heating and preparation of food means bacteria can survive. Food safety risks at home are more common than most people think. The USDA is your partner in being food safe. Clean, separate, cook, and chill. For more information, visit BeFoodSafe.gov or call 1-888-MP-HOTLINE. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, U.S. agriculture celebrates the lifting of metal tariffs against Mexico and Canada. That includes the U.S. dairy industry, part of that celebration. Joining us now is Shauna Morris, Vice President, Trade Policy for the National Milk Producers Federation. Tell us the impact of those tariffs on U.S. dairy exports. And now that they are, are lifted, give us an idea of what that now means moving forward for U.S. dairy producers. We're absolutely elated that we finally have a resolution on this issue. The Mexican retaliatory tariffs on our cheese exports have been a heavy hang, particularly in terms of companies' certainty with their most important export market in Mexico and the resulting slowback to farmers that have been forced to bear the brunt of 20 to 25 percent retaliatory tariffs on those products over the last uh, several months here since last summer. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. My mom's a breast cancer survivor. The United Breast Cancer Foundation saved her life. Their free breast cancer exam caught the cancer early, and it saved her life. But now the foundation needs your help so they can continue offering free or low-cost breast screening exams, saving more women's lives. Help them by donating your car, whether it's running or not. They'll provide fast, free 24-hour pickup, and you receive a charitable tax deduction, plus the great feeling you'll get knowing your donated car is going to help save more lives. Just call 800-745-3327 to set the wheels in motion. They take cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs, running or not. 
Call 800-745-3327. The United Breast Cancer Foundation needs your help, and your donation could literally save women's lives, helping them catch breast cancer early like they did with my mom. Donate today. 800-745-3327. 800-745-3327. You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. And welcome back to Adams on Agriculture. As we continue with some uh, tips to help you with this growing season, which has certainly been challenging with all the weather issues we're dealing with and, and delayed planting. And when you get to those fields and you get that window and you get that opportunity to be out there, you certainly want to maximize the performance of your equipment. You don't have time for any downtime, that's for sure, because you're already behind. So we're going to focus on some ways to uh, maximize that performance uh, through your fuel. And joining us now is Akhtar Hussein, who's Director of Fuels Marketing for CHS. Akhtar, thank you for joining us again. Uh, as, a, as a fuels expert, uh, can you tell us how the type of diesel fuel that the farmer chooses, how does that impact the performance of their equipment? Well, with today's new engines, and typically I'm talking about the Tier 4 final diesel engines, um, the demands on fuel through that new technology has increased, um, specifically through the amount of heat and pressure that that common rail causes within the engine. Uh, and when you look at the the amount of stress that that puts on diesel fuel, uh, a typical untreated number two diesel fuel uh, has difficulty withstanding those harsh conditions uh, and can break down over time. Uh, when we talk about premium diesel fuel like Ruby Fieldmaster from Senex, um, that fuel is engineered specifically for that new tier four final engine and that heavy duty use. Uh, it contains seven additives to ensure the highest standards and performance in your engine. Uh, we also work really closely with, with the OEM manufacturers uh, and to ensure that our Senex premium diesel fuel meets or exceeds all those specifications. So regardless of the age of your equipment, the performance of it is still going to be determined largely in part by the fuel that is put into it then, right? That's absolutely right, and I know I did talk a little bit about Tier 4 Final and some new engine technology, um, but that is definitely not to say that even legacy equipment wouldn't benefit from the use of a Senex premium diesel fuel. Uh, and one of the other things when we talk about premium diesel fuel that I think is important to note is that there is no industry standard for what a premium diesel fuel is or does. And, and I think that creates some confusion uh, out there in the marketplace when folks are making these decisions. Um, the, the, the simple of addition of any one additive uh, could be then marketed as a premium diesel fuel. So not only do we think that farmers should be using a premium diesel fuel, we think they should be asking specific questions about, hey, what is in this fuel exactly? What makes it better than a base number two fuel? And if you think about or, or consider Senex premium diesel fuels, we know that we have that robust package of seven additives 
that's going to lead to a more complete burn and more efficiency in the engine. And what's unique about the additives in the Synex Premium Diesel? Well, they are, you know, chemically designed to work in concert and work together. Uh, Our Taylor blend of additives work together to keep fuel and exhaust systems clean. Uh, And that results in more power and more efficiency with less downtime. Um, The other thing that is unique about Senex Premium Diesel fuel is that our premium diesel additive is terminally injected, uh, which means there's no jugs that you have to put in, um, that the the additive is uh, is correctly dispersed at the right concentration uh, throughout the fuel. That can sometimes not happen when when we're splash blending. And where can we uh, work in the farmers find Synex Premium Diesel? They can go to any of our distribu- distributors out there. Um, and if there's any question about where that nearest distributor is, you can visit our website at Senex.com and uh, click the distributor tab, and it will tell you all the distributors in your area. Very good. Akhtar Hussein, who's Director of Fuels Marketing for CHS. Akhtar, thank you for joining us. Thank you. All right, so we uh, wrap things up. Uh, a busy day, busy way to wrap up the month of May. Of course, the big story continues to be the weather, the flooding, the wet conditions, the delayed planting. We'll see how much can get done But uh, over the weekend and going into next week. And as we move into June now, tomorrow, there's still a lot of rain in the forecast for the coming week. Uh, so we'll keep a close watch on that. Interesting comments from the chairman of the House Agriculture Committee, Colin Peterson. Uh, he says uh, this latest announcement on more tariffs on Mexico, he feels, could tank the chances of USMCA passing. Uh, remains to be seen, but he, th- he doesn't see how this cannot uh, impact it negatively. Uh, so we'll be watching that closely. Also interesting, uh, his thoughts on the market facilitation program payments. He feels it's really confused farmers, made to put him in a tougher spot on some decisions. Uh, we wait to see, will prevent plant acres be included in the market payments? Uh, he's talked with USDA officials. There's some concerns about can they take the money from CCC if they include uh, uh, the prevent plant acres or not. So that's a question. Secretary Purdue has said they're looking into the possibility of including the prevent plant acres, so we'll be watching for an announcement there. And again, the big announcement from EPA that E15 will be approved for year-round sales across the country. It is in many parts of the country already, but now with this announcement, it will uh, make it across the country. Uh, and that's good news. That's something that the ethanol industry has been pushing for for some time. But there are questions. Will there be a legal challenge from the oil industry? We'll wait to see on that. And also, uh, as we've said all along, this the impact of this could really be lessened if uh, the EPA continues to grant the small refinery waivers to the RFS. So we'll see if there's any change in that policy or not. But at least the good news is for the ethanol industry uh, that the the E15 announcement has been made by EPA and summer sales, year-round sales now for E15 across the country. So a busy, busy day wrapping up the week. Uh, Coming up on Monday, we're going to talk with Iowa Senator Charles Grassley, he'll weigh in on some of these big, big issues. And we'll also get reaction from the National Pork Producers Council about uh, the latest announcement of more tariffs 
uh, being placed on Mexico and what impact that could have on our pork trade. So all that coming up on Monday. Have a good weekend. Thanks for joining us on AOA. AOA.